This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, April 17th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. It may surprise you to learn that nonprofit colleges and universities are actually quite profitable. The difference in how a for-profit and nonprofit deals with that excess revenue has implications for students and taxpayers and higher ed in general. Vance Freed is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute and director of the Institute for Free Enterprise and Entrepreneurship at Oklahoma State University. We spoke this week. First, you need to realize that the basic definition of what makes something a nonprofit organization isn't that it doesn't make profits, rather that there are no residual owners of the the organization. So in a normal for-profit corporation, you have shareholders that have a claim to the earnings and all the assets ultimately of the corporation, whereas a nonprofit legally that you don't. Many nonprofits sell services, uh, nonprofit colleges being one, uh, hospitals do the, the same thing. And to the extent the revenues they collect exceed for providing the service, exceed the actual cost of providing a service, then they have a profit. And sometimes you can pick this up just by looking at their financial statements. There's often a line that shows excess of revenues over cost for the year. But the actual level of profits is much higher than that because colleges will then expense lots of their profits away. In other words, they'll spend them on things that are not necessary for providing the particular service. So, say, undergraduate education. Or uh, maybe lots and lots of administrators? It gets spent on lots of different things. If you look at undergraduate education, probably the profit margin is around 60% is what colleges are making off of undergraduate education. And that gets spent in a variety of ways. Some of it is arguably beneficial for society, in other words, subsidizing other missions. So for example, research, okay? Uh, Major universities do a lot of research, and part of how that's paid for is actually from the profits off of undergraduate education. Now, that may be good overall for society, but that's spending that really doesn't directly help the student. So it's a profit, but it may be a valid use for profit. The other area that you see lots of profits spent on are administrators, excess salaries, pretty good bit of faculty feather bedding. Teaching loads? Teaching loads, generally you get the low teaching loads to do research, at least you do in a research university. Probably a lot of it is class size, that, that's one way. Um, a lot of people want to teach smaller classes because they think there's less work in doing them. Uh, but a lot of it is, I think, more just keeping head count, faculty head count up. So would you argue then that undergraduates are subsidizing uh, PhD students to the extent that PhD students are receiving 
aid to attend and do research? Uh, well, undergraduate students are subsidizing PhD students. They're also subsidizing most master's students. Professional master's degrees, MBAs, master's of education, a lot of those are set up on a system to where they they aren't being subsidized. But your more academic sort of master's programs are being heavily subsidized as our PhD programs. So the idea that uh, nonprofit universities are, in fact, making profits and then expensing them away in various places, what are the implications for policy that you see? Well, the issue, when we think from policy standpoint, is our main policy issue is how much we're spending on education, whether it be states subsidizing education at their schools or uh, federal government subsidizing uh, education uh, through what's referred to as Title IV funds going to student loans to subsidize student loans or for Pell Grants primarily. You know, you, we got to ask ourselves as a taxpayer, you know, are we helping, you know, pay for something that really isn't what we're wanting to buy? What should taxpayers expect to reasonably pay for with respect to higher education? Well, that, the, the first question is what should students reasonably pay for? with respect to uh, higher education. That depends on the student. Uh, you know, you're always going to want uh, some credentialing and some form of instruction. There are other things students may or may not want, college experience, job placement, things like that. So it depends on the student what you should be paying for. And I don't think there's hardly any undergraduate student that gets any benefit from the research side of it, so I don't think you should expect the student to pay for research. Now, from what the taxpayer should pay, it's a couple decisions. One, how much do you want to subsidize students getting their education? And then the second, to what extent do we want to subsidize research? Because research, I think you can argue, is much more of a, a true public good. So we may want to continue to have taxpayer subsidy for research, but we need to realize that money right now that we, I think most people think is going to subsidize undergraduate education is really going to subsidize research. So it's just a matter of clarifying what uh, what these dollars are actually subsidized. Well, I think that would help to at least start with some clarification as to what dollars are, where they're really going. And the way uh, most schools report, at least the data that you can get from the Department of Education, they don't do a very good job of allocating what things are actually costing different programs. And it really is set up to where they over-allocate costs to instruction and under-allocate costs to research. Vance Freed is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute and director of the Institute for Free Enterprise and Entrepreneurship at Oklahoma State University. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.